All right. Um, we're back here again. We tried to record yesterday. Tape over the thing like an idiot. There's actually some new news now. Takeover in your house has now happened. I thought it was the weakest takeover in a long time. Yeah, it was. It was a very yeah. Show. And I guess we didn't cover it yesterday, but it came on my radar last night. So J.K. Rowling is kind of getting canceled again. So I'll I'll read through the three main tweets right here, and we'll kind of see if we agree. I actually um out of these three tweets, I like two of them because I agree with parts of it, but I didn't like the third because that one just kind of confused me because I think she's talking about very deep stuff here. So I'll read them off and we'll just kind of discuss and think if we'd agree. But I think the biggest issue is um. We shouldn't eat each other alive, like, out of people that support, like, people that can be trans because we don't have, like, a vast majority of people in the country behind that like we do against certain issues of race. So the first one was, I respect every trans person's right to live it any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if we were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. So, what do you think of this one? Um, I don't really understand that last part. I think she's just saying, like, not necessarily that when someone is trans, we have to constantly say, oh, you're a trans woman. I think she's probably just saying that we have to acknowledge, like, being born a woman as woman, too, maybe? I don't know. I don't really know what she's trying to say there. But it's like... It definitely doesn't sound hateful to me. Like, does it sound hateful? No, to you? it's definitely yeah. not. But it's just kind of confusing. Like, what do you? Yeah, I think say? it's a it's a really deep layer. But um, I guess people are. This is the one that's really being eaten alive for. But it's, I really don't think people should be going after her because she's such a platform. She's not saying anything that feels wrong. So the next one is. This was the one that confused me the most was the idea that women like me who've been empathetic to trans people for decades feeling kinship because they're vulnerable in the same way as women, i.e. to male violence, hate trans people because they think sex is real and with consequences is an, a nonsense. So, I don't... I'm not like some political visionary, so I have no idea what she's um trying to say there, but again, it doesn't seem like she's... um anti-trans here but this is the one that i understood the best and i actually think she's kind of right on is if sex isn't real there's no same-sex attraction if sex isn't real the lived reality of women globally is erased i know and love trans people but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability to many being fully discussed or wise it isn't hate to speak the truth so to me this one kind of understands and this has 41.9 9k comments so this is real. She's getting a lot of flack for this one, but I actually think this one's the one that I definitely understand and kind of get behind. Because the idea is, and I would say this is nowhere near every trans person or even trans supporter, and I think she's addressing a bit more of a fringe group. But if you look at like the idea of what she's saying here, it's if you are in the sense that just sex doesn't exist at all, and like there's no such thing as gender. And I think this is nowhere near everyone in the trans community. And maybe that's what's being lost in translation. That people are mad that she's accusing people of something that they might not necessarily believe. But I think the idea of, like, there's no such thing as same-sex attraction. So it kind of delegitimizes achievements of women in the past. Because it's like, well, there's no point in being, like, a woman and being different than that. And there's no value or difference in being gay because there's no such thing as, like, gender because there's no such thing as same gender relationships so i think it um again i don't think this is hateful but i think she's kind of i don't know i can't even take that but i think she's discussing just some if we think about it in this way some achievements are diminished it's more just be becoming something else not completely erasing the boundary almost you know what i'm saying uh kind of but I think it's just, I think she's speaking, she just needs to be more clear on what she's trying to yeah. say. Because she has a very large audience. Because we're not intellectuals, but I think she's right. on. Just be, Harry Potter is technically a children's novel, so. Well, alright, I'm going to get offended if you say that. I, I think it's brilliant, but the issue is. So I It's guess, targeted. It, yeah. Or I guess not targeted, but I. I it, yeah. Most people read it when they're juvenile. 
But, um, and I was even, I listened to lots of the Ringer podcasts with like Binge Mode stuff and people from Binge Mode were kind of talking kind of against her in a sense. And they weren't like demonizing the story, but I don't feel that, I don't feel that anything she was saying was wrong. I definitely think she's addressing more of a fringe group, but I do think that the idea of gender is important, but I think she agrees with this. It's okay to change what gender you are both physically and in a social way, but it's not okay to delegitimize the idea of gender as a whole. And I don't think that is too controversial. I think it's a splinter group going after her, her or people misinterpreting it because she was so vague. And then that's where lots of the hate is coming from. But I definitely don't think that people are really eating her. And I don't think we should like eat our own alive because there aren't, this is a socially liberal issue where not everyone's kind of behind it. Where if you look kind of everyone's behind the idea of like black lives matter. And that's something that's very important that we have today. But if this ever becomes a major issue, we're going to need everyone we can get behind it because we don't have like that overwhelming majority like we do of racism. Because I really don't feel like people should be going after her like this. Well, I can't remember what J.K. Rowling was uh, being, like, I guess, attacked for before. I forget. What, what was it was the same before? thing. She just was talking about more of the... Um, Trans stuff. So I don't know what the past tweets were. I don't know, but uh, I'm. Uh, this is this is tough. It's just people are like not delegitimizing Carrie Pyre, but they're thinking about it in a different way now. Like we have to view it from this lens, and I don't think we do. It's just I don't know. It's it's a very tough issue. I'll say that, but um, I definitely think she doesn't deserve all this hate because she's. Not saying anything of a hateful view. She's not saying anything in an anti way. I think she just wants to reword some of the ways we are looking at these things. And I think that's a fair thing to at least discuss, not shout down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, let's talk about TakeOver. I thought this was a pretty bad TakeOver, especially by TakeOver standards. I, 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 I didn't even watch it. I just watched highlights from it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, um, what was the fir- the first match was what the fatal four way? No, it was the six woman tag. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Knox pin. I don't even want to talk about the show that much. Um, Knox I mean, pinned who Knox pin? She pinned Dakota Kai, so no one cares. Also, I I from the clips that I picked out on picked up. The NXT talent, performance PC talent, crowd people are totally off with their chance. This was the best crowd they've had yet, but it was very like, you know how they want the fans to be the WWE universe and kind of be programmed yeah. to the way they do it? This was a very programmed crowd. Like, I won't be surprised if Vince was in all their ears. Like, they would vote earpieces. Because there, I, there was clips that I saw from it where they were like, this is awesome, and nothing was happening. Yeah, it's it was very WWE-ified. So, Bauer beat Priest. I don't really care for Priest. Lots of people thought the match was good. I thought it was fine. I will say, I, I think it was the best he's done in NXT, but I still don't think he's great. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if... I don't know. You should do or not. This art. This is one that really pissed me off. Um, Keith Lee beat Gargano. All right. So, back in AEW, a few weeks ago, um, Moxley got hit. Yeah, a spike. He sold it with an eye patch. Everywhere he went on the Jericho cruise, everywhere he went in the airport, everywhere he went public, for months with an eye patch. Santana, Moxley got revenge on. With key, a key to the eye, just like our guys were doing key to the eye here. And Santana had an eye patch, I think, until he was off TV for the quarantine. And then since he came back, it's been gone. So he was selling it for months as well. Keith Lee gets hit with the eye, stops selling it the night of, sells it a bit tonight, gets hit in the eye again, and five minutes later is fine. I. WWE, I think, not only with the takeover. But on SmackDown, just unnecessary selling. Like, if you're going to 
key somebody in the eye, sell it for more than three minutes. Sell it for weeks and weeks. Like the key to the eye yes. should be the ends of the match, or should at least be you can kick out maybe of the pain from the key TDI, but you should be blinded and you should have no idea where you're going, and then you should get hit with a finisher and pinned. And, and then I mentioned I pinned. mentioned SmackDown because on SmackDown, I don't know if you saw in the Sonya Deville and Lacey match, the ref uh, sold a knee injury for literally zero reason. Yeah. Like, they injured the referee. You would think they would do something with that. Yeah. Nothing if, happened. If you're going to sell something serious like a ref injury or a key CDI, sell it for how it should be sold and let it play in. Don't just be like, all right, we did a key shot to the eye and he's fine. We just want to do a key shot to the eye. No, you do a key shot to they're the doing, eye. They're doing it to make months. the show more interesting, but it's less interesting when you're just making them sell it for mm-hmm. half a minute. Also, I like Keith Lee and I love Heel Giant Gargano. But Gargano is like a realistic heel when he's wrestling Ricochet. But, and that's one of my favorite matches in Takeover history. But he's not as realistic of a heel unless Keith Lee's really selling that key shot to the eye against Keith Lee. Because, like, Lee was bullying him. It seemed like he had heat. Like, the shine felt like heat. That wasn't good. All right. So, talking about cinematic matches, all of them are generally been pretty good. The Gargano Champ was okay. It went too long. Um. Firefly Funhouse was entertaining. The Bunker Notch was pretty good. And those are good because you can... I mean, the Stamp Stampede was the peak of all of pro wrestling. Those are good because you can edit out any bad things. They they clearly taped some of these things several times. But the match still sucked. Like, I don't know how you can mess that up. Like, you literally have the opportunity to make a flawless match and they still crowd every every spot you can get from the right camera angle and they still botched it yeah it was i'm quite retained that we just so it seems like they're going back to him and bauer all right um killer cross i'm not calling carrying cross stupid name squash champa champa is a jobber now um and then eo beat Charlotte and Rhea, but she pinned Rhea. So is Rhea just done? I don't know. Wait, does that make her the champion? Yeah, he was the champion now. I'm oh. happy that he was the champion. I expected you to get pinned by Charlotte, but it makes no sense because Rhea did, like was super hot, then lost and lost again. <laughs> like, what's the point? Wait, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. The whole like, would... if Rhea's go- all right, Rhea never should lost at Mania. So if she's gonna lose at Mania, she should win it back from Charlotte. But now Io has it. Like I like Io having it, but you should have at least had Io pin Charlotte in this. So then Rhea and Charlotte. So then Rhea can beat Charlotte in like a number one contenders match, and then she can lose to Io if you wanted to lose to Io. Like Rhea has to pin Charlotte at some point in this. Here's here's why I'm confused. So, I understand the idea of putting Charlotte in NXT. Fine. Give her the title. I guess I can give that a pat. But wouldn't you think like, oh, I'm going to go through the entire women's division to like assert my dominance and then have like a one-on-one and have like one person just be like, oh, I beat Charlotte. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like that would be better than just Oh, here I'll fight a couple people on NXT TV, and then be thrown into this feud with Io Shirai for some reason, and then have Rhea Ripley just look like an absolute jobber, being get, losing in another title match. Like this whole Charlotte Flair thing in NXT is has been done so wrong. Maybe it wasn't really helping ratings enough, so they just moved Charlotte back up full time, and she'll just only bounce between Raw and SmackDown. Then maybe they're moving Rhea up. But ugh, I don't. It's such a mess. Oh, I don't. I don't know if you heard this, but th- she did like some interviews where like she said she wouldn't mind going after the men's titles at some point. Rhea or Charlotte? Charlotte. Which I can like honestly, I can see Vince letting that happen. That makes me think of China though, and I don't think that's a comparison that we should make. No, because China was like a tragic a- case. Yeah, she was like, well, not only that, but China was built to be like this 
muscle muscle lady who could beat up guys and Charlotte she's not really like that she's like oh I'm Ric Flair's daughter woo I mean she's so dominant and I guess it's believable that she could beat some of the mid card guys but it's just I'm not saying this in a sexist way but there is the idea of like men generally have more muscle mass than women so they'll generally beat them in fights of course like Ronda Rousey is going to beat up like you're at like 90% 99% of men in the world but it's like, like Ron, it, Ronda versus Heath Slater legitimately Ronda oh yeah, would Ronda destroys and like like Ronda could probably beat anyone in AEW except for like maybe someone like Nakamura who has a bit of MMA training and then he has like the size advantage but it's like if she's fighting some male UFC fighters she'll probably only beat some of the UFC fighters that are like more in her weight class where they're like really light male fighters and it's just because of the size difference and the like the muscle difference so I think it's like it's kind of like how China always went for the IC title. Like, Charlotte could go for, like, the U.S. title, but it's kind of like, what's the point of that? It's or just... or e- even, like, you know, like, that co-champion thing with the IC title, they can do that with Charlotte. Like, they can do an angle with Andrade and make him U.S. type champ again. Or, like, and, like... Are they going to do intergender type? Like, are they going to do, like, an intergender title that, can, like, can be defended against both genders? Or is she going to be the 24-7 I mean, champion? They, they do have that. It's called the 24-7 championship. Yeah, like, is she going to be the 24-7 champion, but she's going to burn prestige to it? Like, imagine that if... Because, like, I think the whole idea is she'll have, like, 16 or 17 world titles on the main show. Or maybe, like... Well, it would have been really good if she had the one XT title, just the original one, and then had 16 world titles on, like, between Raw and SmackDown. So then, like, she was even with her dad for, like, the World World titles. But if you think of NXT as, like, the proof ground for her, which it was, then she has 17. I thought that would have been really symbolic. But now she has two in NXT, so you can't really do something like that. Because then you're, like, 15 and 2. So either she isn't as good as her dad, she's one worse. Or she's, like, one, like, it's, they kind of ruined that with this whole thing. But are we now going to count the 24-7 title reigns onto her title reigns? Well, that's also just assuming that they'll put the title on 24-7. Yeah, I don't I think she's better off just sticking to the women's division. And I don't mean that as, like, any sexist thing. I just mean it in the sense of... Like, ah, oh, women, stay in your lane. Yeah, no. I mean it in the sense of um, just she's going to be more dominant. It's going to make more sense. It'll be more entertaining. Like, I don't need to see men wrestle women. Like, I enjoyed Kip Sabian and Riho doing internet tag against... Um, Kenny and or Kenny and Riho against Sabian Ford, but I enjoyed that. I thought it was a really good match. But it's like unless it's like Kenny Omega and Riho tagging together, I really don't need to see intergender matches, especially because like you're not gonna put her. I don't see Vince playing Charlotte over Drew McIntyre. I see her. Like, oh, absolutely. Not. I see her at most giving like giving her Apollo Cruz, and I like Apollo Cruz, and that should probably be decent, but. You only really want to have these intergender matches if it's going to be, like, excellent matches. So you kind of would need, like, to put her over someone big because why are you bringing her up to the men's division just to lose? Like, because can you imagine how bad that would be if it's like, all right, Charlotte, you're challenging for the men's world title and you lose. Go back to your lane. Like, can you imagine? That Yeah, that's that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, it's not a good look. Either either way, it's the lose lose situation because you don't want you don't want someone in the men's the top of the men's division to look like a chump because they were defeated by someone in the women's division. But also at the same time, you don't want to put Charlotte over in the men's division because it doesn't make sense. Actually, come to think of it, though, Charlotte's pretty tall. She might be like bigger than Apollo Crews and stuff like She's that. She's taller than Chad Gable. Ha 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 ha. Charlotte versus Shorty G in a squash match. Uh, <laughs> Vince would probably do that. Ah, oh, it's so good, pal. She's so tall and he's so short. Don't you get it? <laughs> All right. Um, wow, we really got through that takeover quickly, but it was pretty useless. There's not much to say about the, it. I think the only takeover that was probably worse was in like Bull Dallas was champion or something. I liked Bo as champ. <laughs> Shut up. Alright. 
I, I did. I, I mean, it was the gimmick that won me over, but also at the same time, this is at the time where I was like, what's kayfabe? Yeah. Honestly, we should all... I'm sure if I look back on that now, it'd be horrible, but... One day, there will be a day where NXT, like, the new NXT has fully just destroyed any remnant of old NXT, and after that, we should go back and watch, like, every takeover ever or something, and just... Well, already, it's very different from what NXT was. No, I know, but there's still, like, a few tiny bits that feel the same. So I'm just like, like I think the one thing that that NXT like I think the thing that makes NXT so good is that it's generally so much better than the main roster because it feels like it feels like they're they're out there to actually wrestle and not be like I don't know they they put they put over talent that should be put over yeah and it helps because the booking was good. So even though it's technically developmental, you still got a lot of those stars coming in that they had to be WWE-ified. Or like Nakamura in that sense, like weren't English. So it was actually really powerful because you had these big stars and you had these developmental guys. So like, well, you see Jason Jordan, Tucker Knight slowly climb like the roster. You also still would have like your main event anywhere in the world feud with like Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura. So that's why it was so... Uh-uh, uh-uh, it's Robert Root. Get it right. <laughs> so, but it was like, um, it was developmental, but it was still so much better than the main roster, even though actually had some great guys, the main roster still probably had more overall talent, because the booking made sense too. But the booking's really been slipping, because I feel like it's on USA Network, they have to Vinceify it. They do, because Vince cannot lose his relationship with USA and he has to give them what they want. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that is also even with Fox, that's why SmackDown has been so horrible because Fox is like, well, we want this person and we want that person. And it's just kind of like, well, but that person doesn't really need to be on top or that match doesn't really have to end that way. I feel like uh, w- or SmackDown is run by the Fox executives and not really by WWE itself. Well, kind of. I think there's a lot of pressure coming out on that. But I think the fact that he has answers to them is actually adding to the stress of Vince. And I think that's making him mentally deteriorate at a faster rate. Maybe, Maybe he should... I don't even know what I was about to say. That's probably be something stupid. All right, we have to listen to um. Here's the deal by Joe Biden, the podcast. You guys just have to hear the oh, intro. Yeah. It's um. Before we review it, and I think we're gonna do. There's like some sort of like moms for Trump show. I think we'll watch that and review it too. But um, we we you have to hear the intro to this here the deal of Joe Biden. It is so creepy. He forgets his name at the beginning of it. Um, <laughs> Only Joe Biden. So let me let me read all. He he has some he has some good people on here like Andrew Yang and Amy Klobuchar, but there's some people that I don't even know or don't care about. All right, but here's just the um. There's two of them that are just labeled on COVID nineteen. Um, it seems to be once weekly, but here are the run times: twenty one oh four, twenty one twenty eight, forty six forty two. 4849, 1947, 1943, 2331. I'm pretty sure they're edited. So he can't sit and talk like we can for an hour and a half. He just doesn't have the... So I'm going to play the intro for the one of Andrew Yang. It's pretty nice. Like, the actual podcast is probably pretty good because it's my boy Andrew Yang. But you have to... um, You just have to hear the intro. It's so funny. Oh, wait, oops, I said on free time speed. How do I fix that? <laughs> I was wondering what was going on. Right. I'm like, wow, that was an intro. <laughs> Jesus, I was like, Joe, where have you been hiding the speed? All right, here we go. Hello, folks. It's, uh, it's Joe Biden. You're listening to Here's the Deal. And on the show with me today is Andrew. Passion 
That was not point seven five speed. That was one time speed. Hello, folks. It's uh Joe Biden here. <laughs> so I, I think that's this old man good. is crazy. I think we'll have to pick one, probably the Andrew Yang one, because I think that'll be the most charitable one. And um, we'll listen to it and review it in a whole. And there's a Moms for Trump like YouTube show. Let me look that up. We can just listen to a little snippet of that. To, um, get hey y'all, my name is uh, Joe Biden. Oh, Here we go. On YouTube, so there's, on YouTube, there's a stream. Mobs for Trump, MAGA Mamas start in Hosted by Laura Trump, Kimberly Goofley, Mercedes Schlapp, and Katrina Pearson. Alright, this is, um, this should be very epic. Um, MAGA Mamas. Can you imagine be, calling yourself a MAGA Mama? I have, I'm having trouble, I'm struggling to listen to what you're saying right now. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Right. Mama. Here we go. We're four seconds away from start. Welcome back to Team Trump Online. Shop.donaldtrump.com So they're showing, um, they're showing his shop, and it's like impeach this, and space force, and it's a bunch of merch. And they're saying enjoy the show. I'll narrate. I think it's on screen. They this is this is like a movie trailer. This is amazing. They they show Pelosi ripping the speech. And they go back and forth like duh, 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 and then they cut and they have like join like xenophobic and it's just a super cut of all these things. It's like they're trying to make it out as like a super, you know, like um, what's the Captain America movie where he's getting like hunted down, like Shield turns on him? Um, I want to say Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think you're right, but they they're making this out as kind of like the ad for that. It's just like a super cut, and I mean it's mostly people on CNN anyway. So I'm not surprised that he's taking shots to go at people that usually go after him and he usually goes after. But it's just funny the way I edit this with the music. So I'll keep playing it. Oh, wow, they actually have a clip of Cuomo praising the federal guard. All right, this movie trailer is cool, but I'd rather see the mama, the MAGA mamas. You ready for this? Yes, I'm ready for MAGA mama. All right, MAGA mama time. Hold up, I'm not watching. This is just a hype show. I wanted to, like, I don't want to hear, like, I was hoping, like, I knew it'd be a hype show. It's, it's, a, it's a podcast, basically, like, this is Trump. He's great. Here's an example. Yeah, but why can't, I'd rather hear about, like, the character of, like, why moms are drawn to, like, obviously, like, there's some policy that's either good or bad for moms that he's instituted, but, like, can I hear, like, why specifically, like, as a MAGA mama, I should vote for him? This is, by the way, this thing has 12,000 views. It's on his YouTube channel. No, look at that. His YouTube channel has 500,000 subscribers. Jesus. All right. Have For we, the president of the United States, that's actually probably very low. Yeah. This is, um, sorry, this is kind of old. This is one thing. I want to watch the Nancy Pelosi ice cream clip. Have you seen this? 
I have not. All right, so this was when on the first stimulus bill, she was like, we can't pass stimulus checks to people unless we like give money to like MBR and PBS and stuff. So this is from James Corn. So the reason that this is so disgusting is like it's normally fine, but she's flexing like her fancy ice cream, and this was when she was holding up the stimulus checks. But um, it's pretty funny. It just shows like. Democrat or Republican, just how corrupt and morally bankrupt all these politicians are. Because, like, for every... We have so many clips of, like, Trump doing just saying horrible things about women or doing inappropriate things. And we have all these clips of... Oh. <laughs> um, let me actually pull up... The, I'll, pull, I'll pull it up after, so it's brilliant. And we've asked her to share something from her home for a little late, late show and tell. Uh, Speaker Pelosi, what have you found? What are you going to share with us from your home? Chocolate. Really? Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate candy. Oh, wow. And this is, this is something you can get through the mail. Okay. Run out. Does she sound like an Amazon Alexa? This is the episode of Christmas. Yeah, and she so she's for her, she holds up like an Easter bunny bag basket of chocolates, but she has like the two biggest fridges you have ever seen on the wall behind her. D- just huge. I never knew I needed. Oh my! Wow. Other people in our family go for some other flavors, but so there's about I'd say like twelve pints of ice cream. And a couple, like five, six boxes of just Dove chocolate bars. So, and this is just all in one of her two giant freezers. Chocolate, and then we have some other chocolate here. <laughs> yeah. See, I've always felt a connection with you, and now I understand why. Mm-hmm. Since you've been uh, isolating in your house, how much uh, of your of your regular diet do you think is ice cream and candy? Well, uh, um, as much as possible, uh, it is. Uh, it, 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 I enjoy it. I like it better than anything else. And I don't know why, but it seems to agree with me. I have a lot of energy, and we just got to restock the ice cream uh, Easter Sunday because we were, so we say, enjoying. I don't know what I would have done if ice cream were not invented. I just wonder. Not I agree. Invented. I don't know who I am without it. <laughs> Well, thank you for that little sneak peek. We'll be right back. Welcome back. All right, so that's just a small thing, but that's the one thing that they showed in the campaign for what I thought was minorly funny. But it's just, it's kind of sad that people that have so much power in this country as politicians basically flex how rich they are because of it. Yeah. All right, so um, today... The House Democrat, I think it was the House Democrats or it was the Congressional Democrats in general, all showed up at the floor, and they took a knee. And yeah, here we go. So House Democrats kneel for George Floyd, and they unveiled a police reform bill. So they kneeled for eight minutes and forty-six seconds. So all cool. Um, it's basically a bill to defund the police. But they're wearing... Wait, where's the thing? Here we go. Alright. Wait. Is my Twitter broken? Hold up, I'm sorry about this for everyone. Um Is this on air? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You'll have to trim this out probably. Uh no, nah, we'll sleep in it. It shows what train wreck we are. Um here we go. Here we go. Um, I couldn't find the article on it anymore. I wonder if it got taken down. But 
basically in honor of Nancy Pelosi. I mean, no, all right. Some chocolate chip ice cream. Here we go. Um. So, the Pelosi um with will they will they knelt um there's kente cloth which let me re- i want to make sure i get this right i'm pretty sure that the kente cloth is from like actual africa africa yes, yes right. let me read the quick wikipedia definition kente known as i'm a butcher definition um pronunciation Tama in akan is an indigenous Ghanaian textile with interwoven silken cotton so they got a bunch of kente cloths and while they knelt they wore the kente cloth all the house democrats so um from binge mode again jason tweeted the image of nancy pelosi kneeling wearing a kente cloth is so woke that it actually feels racist so it's just like all right it's good that they're kneeling i support it but the idea that like they're wearing kente cloths i just think is completely ludicrous and preposterous it wasn't necessary yeah i don't really it feels i don't see why that needed to happen it feels like they're overly trying to um not like be black but they're overly trying to like embrace the culture almost but it's i don't know like do people does it is it any does it make them a more sincere by wearing a kente cloth no i would think it comes off as offensive yeah, it comes off as less sincere. I mean, I wouldn't know because it's not part of my culture, but it's it seems less sincere to me. Just the idea of like, oh well, we are we're wearing something like the people that we are standing up for because we want to show how much we care. I just, well, I don't know. if it was if if the roles were different, right? And it was primarily Hispanic or his, Mexican Hispanic people getting, you know, the end of police brutality and they did the same thing but they were wearing ponchos i feel like i would take that as maybe a little bit of offensive yeah but um i don't know are you how are we haven't really talked about this much affair how are you feeling to gauge are you more like let's defund the police or are you more let's reform the laws of the police here's what i think Defunding the police, what is that going to do? That's probably going to make crime rates go up, depending on how much they defund. Yeah, I don't think we necessarily need to defund the police. I think we need to fund, like you said uh, last episode, we need to fund the training in how to deal with situations. Yeah. Because like, oh sorry. Because yeah. no, go go ahead. All right. Well, please go through lots of training from like a skill based standpoint of like this is like how you do certain combat stuff. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. But they don't go through as much training. I feel like from a situational standpoint, and this is how we sometimes have these shootings of like people are irrationally. Because well, I think this, the thing is, lots of these most recent victims have been kind of inexcusable things but some of the ones before we saw not like rodney king or anything that's another inexcusable one but there's ones of like well maybe they just messed up in the moment because they were under trained and they pulled the trigger out of fear because they weren't calm because they weren't trained so i think that in some ways the police are trained well but i think in some ways they need to learn more not like sensitivity training i think that's kind of a stupid idea i think it's more important to push helping train police more in the field like with because obviously a shopping guy was more experienced officer but he had 18 previous complaints against him do we need to change the laws where we have a three strikes and you're out system we need to get rid of police immunity we need to restructure police unions so unions can't protect police so much because i know like unions are in some ways a good thing for teachers because they in some ways are bad because they strike and then we get pulled out of school but in some ways they're good but police unions don't do too much good because they allow the police to basically protect the police along with the natural immunity form so if we can restructure how that works and make it easier for police to be prosecuted police will be less likely to do these stupid things where if we get rid of the police the only people well okay, I don't think that all police are racist I think nowhere near but out of these racist police 
the people that they favor are generally white and rich. Those white and rich, the only people that will be safe if we don't defund or abolish the police will be white rich people that can afford to have personal security. Like if it goes to anarchy, I can probably afford to get personal security to guard my house at certain points. I don't know if a poor minority can do that. They probably can't. So if you defund the police, then the poor minority has no protection. And of course, there's going to be some of the people protecting them that are actually malicious. But it's more important to make sure we get those people out of it than to get rid of everyone. Because if we get rid of the good people too, again, only rich white people will be able to have protection from the anarchy it will have. Because sadly, not everyone's naturally good. Like we're seeing people take advantage of this looting. We will have that looting full time if we get rid of the police. So we have to shift to retraining the police and restructuring the laws, I feel. I, th I think, here's my idea. I think, sorry, I'm eating ice cream in honor of Nancy Pelosi. Um, I think that when there's a situation where someone's being detained and the person who is, you know, being arrested, if they feel like they're being discriminated or if force is too excessive, I feel like they should be able to, when they, when they file a claim or file a complaint, when that's put under review, I would say not by the police department, but I would say maybe under a like reviewed by a jury. Oh, so you're saying it goes right to jury duty? Yeah. I think that's powerful too. So like a again, police so like if, protecting. Right. So if, if if I'm if I'm walking down the street and a cop stops me and accuses me of, I don't know, selling loose cigarettes or something and they like push me to the ground and like slap me and like tase me and I'm not resisting arrest. As I like at the station, I can file a complaint. And when, if that's reviewed by the jury, then that cop could be penalized. They could be suspended, uh, you know, fired even. Yeah. And I, I feel like that would be really powerful because I, from my understanding, when those complaints are filed for excessive force or anything like that that's reviewed uh, by the police state yeah and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be the police able to push on that because so i think yeah the three main things are getting rid of this police immunity restructuring how much power police unions have and adding more infield training but i think the a big issue i've heard people say is well police turn their body cams and this is basically i actually like finally went on twitter for a long time last night and what I saw, lots of people, like, I think David Hogg was saying this, and lots of people were like, well, police just turn off their body cams, that's why we have to hear of the police, we can't trust them. What if police made it so you can't turn body cams off, and you're fired if you destroy or tamper with your body cam? Yes. Like, can we yeah. just remove the off switch on body cam, and if, like, all right, let's talk about jobs. I always like to talk about Andrew Yang and the Ahmed Truckers, and how he wants to do a freedom dividend, instead of the Ahmed Truckers. It, like to so truckers can create new things instead of you know, made truckers. What if instead of going through a time of the freedom dividend, we just like put higher tariffs on China as one punishment for the coronavirus and two for, hey, why don't you move your industry back over here? This will give jobs to more of our U.S. people and we'll have to pay a little bit more for it. That's okay because we know that we're paying our U.S. people more of a living wage and that gives people jobs. Well, if another way to give jobs is we really have people just review and check and make sure, all right, all the, and separate from the police, the police always have to turn in their body cams and just review all of your time is accounted for here. You didn't can't tamper with your body cam. You're good. Yes, it's a huge undertaking, but it would allow us to still be safe and protected by police. It would allow us to rat out any bad police. And I feel like that is the best of both worlds thing. It creates jobs because the big issue, the most sensible people that I have seen, Some people are saying we have to abolish them because of this, this, and this. And I say, well, okay, 
If they're turning off bio cams, just make it so we can't turn off bio cams. And I don't know the science behind bio cams. Maybe that's not something we can easily do, but something worth restructuring because we need some amount of police presence. We just need to be able to make sure that those police are good police and not bad police. Because I don't think that every single cop is going to be evil. I don't. I don't know. I, I just don't, I, I don't think defunding the police is ideal because if anything, that'll make matters worse in terms of just general crime. Also, I mean, if we're talking about the Ahmed Arbery case, like that, those were people that were trying to pursue vigilante justice and actually came out that um, the one guy said a racial slur. So it was, it seemed like vigilante justice at first had gone too far, but it wasn't. Now it seems like it was a racially motivated killing. But of course, the guy was an ex cop, so he kind of had friends inside the place and they got it off, but now they're being convicted. If we didn't have some good cops among that, and those were obviously some biased cops, if we didn't have some good cops out there, Who's going to arrest those people and stop them from just going out and saying, oh, another black guy, let's have another racially motivated killing? Yeah. So for as many, I think we had nine last year, as many of these racially motivated or at least unarmed, untrained, or undertrained, I'll say, police killings of black men, there are just as many that are probably being prevented by the police. So I think we just have to fix some of these things, sign happy mediums. And honestly, that might require more funding, but I think it's worth it in the long run because it allows us to build a safer future for everyone. And defunding the police makes everyone less safe. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have anything else? Uh... Oh, Tony Storm is dating Juice Robinson. So maybe she's going to go stardom, back to stardom, so she can be in Japan now? I don't know. I think that's pretty much it, though. Yeah. We had a, we had a good length episode this week. Yeah. Um, sorry all the political talk when I dropped, um, my friends and I dropped the album, If We Get Famous, please don't scroll through my Twitter history. They're going to be like, wait, you follow Ben Shapiro? You are canceled. You are not allowed to blow up as a musician. So um, please don't do that. I don't understand why they're like, oh, you follow this person? I used to follow Trump on Instagram just to yeah. see the stupid stuff he would post. I mean, I just still, because I follow a person yeah. doesn't mean I agree with what they and say. And like, I still follow Trump on Instagram because he sometimes posts stupid stuff and it's funny, but it's like, it's not like I'm actively liking his posts or anything. And all, honestly, like, I think a big thing, point of contention is, like, people following, like, Ben Shapiro stuff. Like, Ben Shapiro isn't that racist or bad of a guy. Like, he is very conservative. And he says conservative things. But he's not, like, homophobic. He's not either of those things. He just has different opinions on certain things. And I don't even agree with everything he says. But, yes, there are some things he says, like, pro tax cut or maybe we shouldn't defund the police that I do agree with. So if I retweet that, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person or I agree with everything Ben Shapiro says. It means I agreed with that one thing he said that I retweeted, and that's why I retweeted it. So I think we need to also, like, the Twitter mob needs to slow down on those things. So I feel like yeah. we do this as a fun hobby, but, like, I want to do music as a career. And if you look at most, like, musicians are liberal. So what if what if I want to become a musician and I'm not as liberal? And then someone's like, oh, wait, you retweeted this. Like, I don't want to get canceled for that. That seems like a stupid thing. Or even, like, missed my shot of, oh, like, maybe – you would have been accepted, but right before we did, like right before we were going to write a piece about you, we checked your Twitter history, and oh no, 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 you're canceled. So I don't know. Just that's one thing that just occurred to me right at the end there. That is, it's kind of a sad thing, especially with the J.K. Rowling thing coming to light. It's like she doesn't sound like she's hateful. Maybe she is, but even if she is, that doesn't mean we should discredit her work. We should just think about it in context. So I don't know. Well, I think that's about it then. Let's end with a happy quote, though. I want to hear um, something happy to watch. Let's, let's go on YouTube and look up. I don't know. Speaking of YouTube, I forgot that we have a YouTube page. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Let's look up Joe Biden gaff. Those are always fun. I'm probably not helping my case by saying, like, I'm not. <laughs> I don't care. Um, here we go.
Actually, no, I have a better idea. Actually, do I? I don't know. All right, no, there's nothing happy we can end the show on. It's a sad week. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, show's over. Um, thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on Spotify. Leave a rank review on iTunes. Um, please try not to cancel people on Twitter. Um, uh, no, that's not gonna go through their head. Don't we? If you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, chances are at some yeah. point you will be a part of a of quote unquote cancel culture. Yeah, and should we just reinforce? Um, we're socially liberal. We just um don't agree with every single thing that people on Twitter say. I don't I don't I don't agree with oh I'm leftist, oh I'm liberal. Like I my thing is I believe what I believe and I don't think that should be. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I'm saying I'm generally socially liberal, so I don't want to be like, Oh wait, you retweeted one thing that a Republican said evil. And I think there is way too much partisan stuff today. We should do, um, um, sometime we'll do a whole breakdown pod on just the issues that we only have two parties and how divisive those are, because I think that's a good thing to talk about. Especially, that could be like a bonus episode. Yeah. Especially given that we're both growing up in this world and we're technically public figures and might become greater sized public figures. We're extremely minor public yeah. figures. But well, one day we'll be bigger. My, my crew is big and it can't <laughs> Before you super cut that, I, I say, <laughs> 10 years from now, it's going to be like Josh Wyala wins silver in the Olympic weightlifting thing. Ethan Inkney wins gold. Wow, silver. You're not even giving me gold. <laughs> Fine. Wins gold. Wins gold. Um, Well, the Russians were probably using steroids at that point, so I bet you got robbed. The no, they've country. been breaking down on that. There's a Ukrainian yeah. uh, weightlifter who is extremely well-known, and... He got stripped of his gold medal from 2012 last year because he was dope. That's dope. All right, fine. So you and gold and the Kaleidoscopes or whatever sell like a million records. And Josh and Ethan Show is like one of the most listened to podcasts in the country. And we went back and we checked their Twitter history and we found this clip. And Joshua was singing Rapping for Jesus. And now you are canceled. And that's our show.